Hi, neighbor. This is Steve Sargent, and welcome to Who Are the People in Your Neighborhood? The podcast that seeks, as Mr. Rogers sang, the people that you meet as you're walking down the street each day. Each episode, we'll talk to everyday people about life, work, home, and general human stuff that we all deal with day to day, though maybe not in the same way. That's where this series comes in. We hope it incites a little more empathy in all of our lives. In this episode, we speak to Bryce, a social worker from Atlanta. Sit back and enjoy. How do you pay the bills? How do you keep the lights on? Well, I work, officially I work for the Department of Health and Human Services. Interesting. So it's whoever the director of Health and Human Services is that actually signs my check. So I work within an agency in HHS. That's the way that works. So for the last 15 years, I've worked uh, at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention here in Atlanta. Cool. Uh, yeah, I love it. It, it. It's been it's been an amazing go. I've, I've been really lucky to be kind of in the right place at the right time for for several different things, and it's really been awesome. So I got to work in infectious disease for... I worked in HIV for four years. That was where I started, four or five years. And then I moved into hepatitis, and I did a lot of work in hepatitis prevention. We put out new recommendations, the, the birth cohort recommendations that you see, like when you're walking through the airport. Yeah. Were you born from 1945 through 65? Right. Yeah, that, yeah, those, that, so that, you were those were mine. Yeah. Wow, that's I, very cool. I wrote, I'm the lead author on the recommendations. Those were you our, did. yeah, it was, it, oh, was, wow. it was my idea. It was it's crazy stuff, man. But well, great idea. We had a fairly decent understanding of how many people were aware that they had hepatitis C in the first place, but, the, but really the most people just don't. Because people got it in the 70s and 80s. These baby boomers did, and we were we couldn't even tell what it was at that time. And so, if you, I mean, the, the number of ways to get it were legion, but the, the most common way is through injection drug use. So nobody is ever going to admit that, you know. And so it became pretty clear that so the stigma. Yeah, the, the main right. If your doctor says you ever inject drugs, even if you did, you're not like going to be like, oh well, you know. Now that you bring it up, I do recall that one time. No. No, you don't. You, people don't admit to that. You know, it's not. It's not the kind of thing you're going to say to your doctor. So I'm curious. Um, so what what would you say your day to day is like? Uh, well, see, it's interesting because so I'm a social worker. Social worker. Yep. And there aren't necessarily a bunch of social workers at CDC. Um, we do have a, a, a decent cadre of behavioral and social scientists at CDC, and so I kind of fit within those ranks. But my role now, now that I work in, hep- uh, in diabetes, I work in diabetes prevention and management, um, our job is to take the best available science that's out there and translate that into practice that can be used in the field. And so we have a number of different teams that help to try to do that in different ways. There's a whole kind of model and philosophy around the, the way that we do that. Um, but that's my shop, so I'm the, I'm the branch chief. And so I, wow. we have, I have three teams that I, that they're, they're leads on each of those teams, but I kind of make sure that one way or another, we're doing all of those things to try to move forward our efforts in prevention and prevention of type two diabetes and management of type one and type two to try to prevent complications. Started as a GS12 and, and the system- GS12 is so the, the government s- general ranking. schedule, yeah. Got so it. the general schedule of your average um, uh, employee, Title V kind of employee, is a one through fifteen. 
and it's a fairly flattened. So you were a social worker before? Yeah. How did you become a social worker? So when I was in college, I didn't really have any idea. So I started. I was at, started college, went for about um, two and a half, three years. I was an accounting major. I got like an internship. Things were going great, and I was just. It wasn't. There were a lot of things going on in my life that such that I ended up dropping out of school. It was around the time that my mom died and several other things had happened. And so I dropped out of school, much to my dad's chagrin at the time, and then took like three years off, during which I was like a manager at a, at a, actually the very first store that started in Whole Foods, the original Whole Foods, way back a bajillion years ago in Austin was a little store called Martin Brothers Cafe opened up a cafe and I worked there for about three years and um, yeah it's just kind of a a shift manager yeah and I was in a band and so and I I kind of ran all the band's finances and we yeah and it's kind of the almost stereotypical thing that someone does when you live and perform regularly oh yeah yeah we played out a lot it was um that was great fun and it was a really good time what what instrument did you play drums drums yeah yeah still play drums oh yeah it's fun i love playing drums it's just a blast so you dropped out of school you dropped out of school and did all this stuff for a while and then started to go back to school because during those three years, while there are lots of great times and good memories, it's also just insanely poor. I mean, you know, you, you get your little, your, your um, social security statement, you know, and it shows like every, the amount of money you made every year. Like those three years, it was like I made like $5,000 each of those years. Wow. <laughs> I mean, and it's funny because we just, we never had any money for anything. So you just never, it, it got old after a while. It did get old. And so we, uh, I started going back to school. At some point in there, our band did split up. And when I was finishing school, I had like about two years left. I went back and I was a sociology major. And um, in my last semester, I took a social work class. I, I, the funny thing is, I took a class called Cultural Diversity, which in the, you know, 1992 or whatever, it was just like, oh, well, that sounds really that's, interesting. I wonder what that's about. It's very new for yeah. the 90s. Uh, yeah, uh, right. And so I checked it out and it turned out it was a social work class. And it was the first time where I had walked in a room, sat down, and after a week I was like, okay, wow, these are my people. <laughs> this, this is where I should have been all this time. Accounting didn't work. I liked sociology, but there was, it was one step too removed for me. But social work, having the, the direct practice and the direct work, um, I loved it. And I immediately applied to the Masters of Social Work program in Texas what, and then What, you, what did you love most about it? I liked the, it's funny to say hands-on because clearly you never actually touch your clients. So it's, but it's, That's a different kind of social I mean, interaction. I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> an illegal one. Um, but it's, uh, um, I liked the immediate kind of impact. Um, that you could really have with a person. I liked the fact that there were people who really just spent their time thinking about public service and how to try to make other people's lives better. It's like it was it was the first time that something really made sense. It's like I, if in order for me to be doing something, I really have to be able to believe in it, which oddly enough is kind of a limitation. 
because there's not as many things that you can believe in as, as you'd like to think out there. What would you say is the hardest thing about it? Social work? Um, I practiced, I did direct practice for about seven years and before I went to CDC. And I think the hardest thing, and it's funny, you'll get a different answer from every social worker. There's certain populations that are just the hardest to work with for you. Uh, but ultimately, the, you know, the hardest thing was, I'm not sure what the hardest thing was. I didn't do as good a job um, as I could have and would needed to have improved with kind of the self-care in the context of the kinds of stories you hear every day. I mean, I heard some pretty amazing stories and I did that a lot through, I think one of the things I loved the most about doing that when I was in my last job, I was the clinical director of a small um, counseling agency uh, here in Atlanta uh, for several years and absolutely loved it. But I mean, 80% of the people we saw had just some horrible abuse histories, trauma histories. And that, that really could take a toll on you. Um, and uh, certainly did me. There was only, I think there was a certain amount that I could kind of hear, you know, before I kind of filled up on it too much almost. Yeah, I can imagine that that would be yeah. mentally exhausting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, undoubtedly. Well, when you were in the thick of it and you were dealing with these types of cases, what would you use as a coping mechanism to deal with? Um, usually I would work it through in my own um, clinic. You have clinical supervision. Even when I was fully licensed to practice on my own and wasn't required to get clinical su supervision, I still did. So someone you'd talk to. Yeah. And I, I think I think you have to do that. If you don't do that, you're not taking the best care of your clients that you can. What would you define as social work? Why is it so important? Well, I mean, for me, I think social work's incredibly important. It's, it's public service. You could do that in a billion different ways. I mean, it's funny, I work as a branch chief. I don't provide any direct social work at all, but I'm still a social worker and and I'm a public servant. And so I really, you know, so even though I'm doing it from an administrative role, ultimately everything we do is about trying to improve the public health of the country. So I think that's what social workers do. They try, one way or another, you may be, you, you social workers may be out there trying to improve homelessness or trying to improve the stigma around HIV or whatever it might be. But it's about trying to improve the lives of other people, about having a positive contribution to society. We need more of that. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> it's hard. It's, it's, it's like teachers, I think, you know. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's just a, there's a quality of just doing the right thing. My dad was a public servant. He was a law enforcement, arguably. But he was a public servant. That was how we looked at it. And my mom... Um, she, like, was an assistant at uh, a local elementary school. And it turns out we have a long history of teachers and people who do that kind of... And, and I think it maybe just being a public servant's in my blood. It's the only thing that's ever really felt like it worked, made sense, and was right for me. Well, certainly there's the family history, so it is in your blood. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> kind of funny, yeah. What would you 
tell a man on the street or just you know a person that you've just met this is something you could do not having the training and background that you have mm -hmm. but if someone wanted to make a difference in their community what would you suggest that they do oh i would say start local start immediate start with the person who's getting coffee next to you it, it's a funny thing man but it is really easy to be nice to someone to hold a door for somebody to just be kind and let the guy in front of you over um it's it's funny and you know and i and i don't do these things all the time myself i'm i'm aware i mean you know life is life atlanta traffic is what it is i'm, I'm not you know it's it can, it can be cutthroat oh yeah um, but i i do think that it is first and foremost it's being kind to other people and i'm thrilled that my kids have turned out as kind and generous of spirit as they are i just am really proud of them they're just amazing they're just amazing well i having met your kids i would agree, I would agree. <laughs> well, that's nice um brace thank you Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Who Are the People in Your Neighborhood? Be sure to subscribe and we'll see you real soon with another episode.